Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Last regular season game tonight, Bob Stoffer at Rogers Place. Oilers could end up as high as number one overall in the Western Conference if they win tonight. And the Vegas Golden Knights lose in regu- uh, regulation in Seattle. The Oilers uh, would finish, uh, still theoretically could be tied with Colorado at 109 points. Um, and Vegas at 109 points, but the Oilers have the most regulation slash overtime wins. So we'll wait and see what happens between Seattle and Vegas. Seattle's at home. The Oilers take on San Jose, who, uh, hey, we've been in tough situations in Edmonton, and Mike Greer and his group are in a tough situation right now in Seattle. Oilers now is brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. Just before we went to the uh, Randy Kilburn 1 o'clock news, we had Oilers game day trivia for Pro-Am Sports, Fan Cave and Fan Gear specialists for all budgets, up for grabs a $50 GC uh, Pro-Am Sports in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail and at ProAmSports.ca. Our question was an easy one. Name the current San Jose Shark that previously played for the Edmonton Oilers. Brendan Escott, the answer is... Well, Matt Benning, of course, whose little brother Mike, I'll remind you, just signed his entry-level deal with Florida. But congrats to Anthony, who knew the answer to that one first today. Nicely done, Anthony. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort Casino Excitement. Bet on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Guests on this show receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite, Teponyaki Steak Restaurant. You can come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. Well, we are pleased to welcome back to the show, and he is going to join us for the playoff run, Brian Lawton. He's our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And Brian's appearances, he's going to join us once a week during the playoffs, are brought to you by Wow Factor Desserts, and they've now got a new Edmonton uh, retail location. It's at 3508 56th Avenue, and they're open Monday through Friday, 9.30 to 5 p.m. A couple of the items that have been popular in the Stoffer household, the Score Cheesecake and the Creamsicle Cheesecake, uh, both calorie-free. Uh, no, not really, but they're great cheesecakes. Wow Factor Desserts. All right, we bring aboard Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How you doing? Fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good, and thank you for taking time to join us once a week here during the course of the playoffs. It should be a fun ride, and I'm going to put you on the spot. Will it be a fun ride for fans in oil country? I believe it will. I think that uh, the way things are lining up, I mean, obviously, Edmonton's played incredible down the stretch. Um, you know, they've just they've won a lot of games that they lost earlier in the year. And they're finishing so strong that even though they may only finish, you know, as high as sixth overall, which is incredible, I feel like they've played even better than that. And if you looked at just the last 60 days, they're playing at an even better clip than sixth overall in the league. And that's impressive. That means they're live to make it to the cup finals. They've got to prove it. They've got young guys that are dying to do it. It should be thrilling 
for the Edmonton fans. Since January 10th, the Oilers have the best points percentage in the NHL. That's 39 games, Brian, and they are 13-0-1 in the last 14 games. Number one in the league in offense, number three in defense, uh, first in the league in the power play, second in the league in the penalty kill, and two significant additions. You know how difficult it is to make trades. Ken Holland, very patient, you know, likes to see his players over-percolate in terms of in the minors. Uh, I The Matthias Ekholm addition, it was transformative for the team's defense. Are you surprised at the impact that that trade's had on this team? I, I thought it would be really good for them. I am surprised it's been even better than really good. And that does surprise me, Matthias Ekholm, just the way that he's performed, everything he's given them on the ice as a partner for Bouchard, uh, relieving some minutes for Darnell Nurse, just solidifying their group as a more legit top 10 D group in the league has really changed the fortunes of the Edmonton Oilers. Everybody knows how good they are offensively, but everybody also knows if you can't stop teams, if you can't defend in the playoffs, you're always susceptible to lose sooner than you should. I think Edmonton has addressed that, and that's why I think it'll be a great run for them this year. Your former agency, Octagon, represents Nick Bukestad, a friend of yours, uh, has him as a client. He was a healthy scratch last year for Minnesota. He uh, resuscitated his career this year in Arizona. He's got 17 goals this season. Uh, He's come in. He's the Oilers' third-line center, right shot. It's been a good fit. Are you going to advise uh, – Who's is it Ben Hankinson that's got him from uh, Octagon? Yes, Are it you is gonna, Ben Hankinson, who's a very good friend of mine. Uh, I mean, realistically, when a six foot six right-shot center has a 17-goal campaign, that, generally speaking, kind of gets you paid a bit in the open market, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And if you look at Nick's case, he really – he had some significant injuries that changed the trajectory – of his career. I think he's finally healthy. He's still a relatively young guy. He moves much better, as all the Edmonton fans can attest to watching him out there than you would think for a guy that's six foot six. So he's been a great addition. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. I know you're dying to ask me, is he got to resign with Edmonton? I have no knowledge of that. I specifically have not asked Ben, Bob. Yeah, let me. I'll, I have a stat for you. I threw it out there yesterday, and the show was actually brought to my attention um, by Brad, who uh, reached out on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Uh, Twenty-nine minutes played on the penalty kill so far for uh, Nick Bugstead. He's been on the ice for just one goal against in twenty-nine minutes. Like that's uh, that's yeah. that's a pretty good. He's even because he's been on the ice for a power play goal too. He's. I mean, that's a that's. I have an even crazier stat, which I'm going to get to momentarily. So let me ask you the question differently. How much is it worth to a player like Bugstead uh, in terms of per year? Uh, let's say that let's say there's a three year term out there for him. Like, are you willing to give up five hundred thousand bucks a year so you can win? Like, if one team offers three times 1.5 and they're a legit contender, and another team's at two million bucks a year because they're looking at a guy who's, uh, you know, middle, di- you know, if you score 17 goals, and it's like the Oilers, they got a lot of support scoring. 11 of their 12 forwards, Brian, 10 plus goals this year. Um, is it worth, you know, as a former representative of these players, is it worth it to the client if they, you know, 
sacrifice half a million per year, or is that too much? I think that would be considered a lot, to be honest with you. But at the same time, you know, like you said, Nick was a healthy scratch last year. It's gonna his evaluation is gonna come down to where he truly is at health wise. If he feels good, he'll probably have a little bit more confidence to push things. If he doesn't, um, you know, the Oilers have done a really great job of just pushing themselves, and you're really going to see this this summer, into the conversations that maybe they haven't been in in the past, and that is that players are looking at Edmonton, particularly guys that are trying to reestablish themselves as a place where you can go and really do well. So it's, this is really a significant change for Edmonton because they haven't had this for a long time. And I think that Ken Holland is going to really be able to exploit that. Uh, Nick Bukestad, by all accounts, and I am friendly with his uncle and his father, has really enjoyed his experience in Edmonton. He loves uh, the guys. He loves playing in Edmonton. Uh, It's been nothing but a thrill for him. So I think that bodes well for the club. Are they going to be able to work out a long-term deal? That's up to Ken Holland and his staff. That'll be up to Nick and Ben Hankinson. Um, but it wouldn't seem out of the question, in my opinion. How important is it for guys to win, Brian, to have that belief that they can win, realistically? Very, very important, and even more so important when you, you know, Nick is 30 years old right now. Uh, By today's standards, that's young. He's going to turn 31 in July. But this is the part where you start to look at yourself as a hockey player, and say, I've proven that I can play in the league. Nick Bukestad's played over 600 games, so I think he established that. He's got over 100 goals. Um, I think now it's about winning for a lot of guys, and the guys that it's not about winning for, you really don't want them anyhow. <laughs> so uh, there, there's a lot of possibilities there for Edmonton. For now, they got to focus on the finishing the season off in this last game, trying to finish first overall. It's out of their control um but nick bukestad he's all about wanting to win and i think that's very important to him brian lott joining us right now uh former nhl general manager of the tampa bay lightning uh started octagon's player agency he was even once the number one overall pick in an nh i guess you're always the number one pick from that 1983 draft uh brian i remember i told you i had another stat so bukestad's even in penalty killing uh, and he's killed roughly 30 minutes. Connor McDavid's over 100 minutes on the PK, Brian. The opposition has scored nine goals when he's been on the ice. So, so the Oilers have given up nine and 100 minutes of his PK time. The Oilers have scored eight with Connor. I mean, that's like with Nick, you could see that happening over a 30 minute stretch. Like you could kind of say, well, I could maybe, but 100 minutes with the guy and he's minus one when he's on the ice in terms of goal differential, which means he's actually plus eight uh, in terms of how things work with plus minus. It just shows you that the best are good at anything they want to uh, take that task at hand, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. I saw that stat the other day, and I kind of chuckled when I saw it because it's so remarkable. You know, but the reality is it, it, the, those types of decisions come down to the coaching staff. There are coaches that don't like to use their star players on the PK. They want to sa- save them for even strength in the power play. They don't necessarily want them uh, blocking shots. I've heard it all. Uh, in Jay's case, I think he's done an awesome job of including his elite players and making the team stronger. Those aren't always foregone conclusions. So I like what they've done. Uh, you know, Connor, you, you 
Connor deserves to play as many minutes as he possibly can, and yet, as a coach, you're really trying to monitor those minutes so that when you get to this time of year, this time being the playoffs, you are fresh and ready to go. Uh, I think Edmonton's done a pretty good job with their star guys. They play a ridiculous amount of minutes, but they're young. They've proven they have the endurance, and now we're going to find out exactly how that plays out in the playoffs. Does it matter who Edmonton plays? I mean, they're not going to play Colorado. We know that. Uh, they're not going to play Minnesota, and they're not going to play Dallas to open up with, nor nor Vegas. So basically, we're down to three teams here. Uh, the strongest pro- po- probabilities they probably end up playing the LA Kings. They could theoretically play right. the Winnipeg Jets, and there's an outside chance if about four things happen, they'd play Seattle. Does it matter who Edmonton faces, in your opinion? I think it always does and doesn't. In Edmonton's case, uh, they need to just focus on trying to win their last game. I believe that they can beat all of their first-round opponents, although I will tell you I was at the Winnipeg-Minnesota Wild game earlier in the week, and the Winnipeg Jets played as well as I've seen them play in five years in that game. It was still a close game, but Winnipeg score-wise, but Winnipeg really dominated that game. Uh, They were clicking on all cylinders, I was really impressed with them. Leaving the stadium, I was thinking, I'm not sure Edmonton would want to play them in the first round. Uh, they just they looked really, really good. They're big. Their D's a little better than you think. Uh, Shifley's a dynamite player when he's on his game. Uh, there was a lot to like there for Winnipeg. So, yes, it matters. And no, it doesn't. You have to beat all comers in the end, whatever order they come at you. So that's the task for Edmonton. All right. Tonight's opponent, Brian, is a team that you interviewed with, the San Jose Sharks. Um, They played Edmonton late in the regular season last year. Oilers uh, came back from a couple goal deficit and beat San Jose 5-4. In overtime, the Oilers are 7-0 against the Sharks over the last couple of years. They still had Brent Burns at that time. Uh, they still had Timo Meyer. Uh, obviously, those guys are gone. Carlson's had an unreal season on defense. They've still got Couture and Hurdle up front. But, Brian, they don't got a lot else. Like, when you look at their team, uh, this is not an overnight rebuild for Mike Greer and the San Jose Sharks, is it? No, this won't be. There's. It doesn't matter... Uh who the GM is at the end of the day. It's just going to take some time and patience. I think Mike knows that. He knew that when he accepted the job. Um, You know, the challenge is, is that when your team drops to that level, everybody thinks, you know, you just have a few bad seasons and then you'll automatically be good after that. That is not true. And it's even less true in today's NHL. You have to execute in a really purposeful way at a very high level or you drop to never never land and it takes a lot longer to get out than people realize so the the plan i think that they have is sound we could throw anaheim in that group as well Uh, i think they both have good management but it's going to come down to execution as to how long this project takes Uh, people say a lot of things bob about well anybody can pop out of things in no time. I think Steve Eisenberg's done a wonderful job in Detroit like he did in Tampa, uh, and yet they're not out of it yet, and there's no guarantee they'll be out of it next year, and that'll be going on four-plus years. So it, it can take longer. It's a slippery slope. If you have a good team like the Edmonton Oilers, 
for them, the next certainly four to seven years should be all about trying to win the Stanley Cup. That's music to the ears of our listeners, Brian. Uh, and we did go through those tough times, which is why, you know, I'm even understated at times with the words that I use to describe an Oilers victory, right? Like, I just, I, I don't like, because we've been there. I mean, Jack Michaels and myself had two stints as broadcasters where the Oilers won once in 21 games. And so when your team's on a 13-0-1 heater with ridiculous numbers, you can put the numbers out, but in the process, you don't necessarily have to denigrate the opposition teams because we've been on the other end of that. All right, I got to ask you about the Calgary Flames. I had much higher expectations. Uh, The Oilers beat them last year in the Battle of Alberta. It was awesome for bragging rights for all the Oilers fans. Um... But I wanted another Battle of Alberta, and I wanted the other Oilers to get another crack at uh, at beating them again. In your opinion, what went wrong in Calgary this year, and what needs to change? Well, I mean, the headline issue or the narrative out there is that, you know, you have a very strong-minded coach. He's going to do things his way. He's won Stanley Cups, so it's hard to argue with his methods. But in my opinion... It's a tougher road to hoe in today's game when players will look at you and ask you why. When when I played hockey at a professional level and you, Bob, at junior, there really was no questioning what's going on. Either do it or you won't play. The world is different now. Players are guaranteed more money. Their contracts are more difficult to move. You're a little bit more locked into each other. Uh, Calgary reportedly, and I cannot confirm any of that, but reportedly everybody that's a fan in Edmonton would know there's been reports of guys that are unhappy. I I think the organization needs to handle that privately and come up with a go-forward plan. If they do that, I don't don't believe Daryl Sutter's going anywhere. I think Daryl's an excellent coach. I personally like Daryl. I've never had any problem communicating with him, and we have been at opposite ends on things in the past. Um, But I like him, but that's not really what's at issue. What's at issue is can he get the most out of his players? If he does, you know, I mean, Calgary's right there, really. They're two points behind Winnipeg right now for the last playoff spot. The problem is their season's over. It didn't work out. Uh, Where Brad is going to take that team is going to be very interesting, but I think that they are a team that is right there, and if they make the right moves, they will be back in the playoffs next year. Getting the most out of the team. So I'm going to give you a stat, and you're just going to go, wow. This season, 11 even-strength goals for um, Elias Lindholm, 11 even-strength goals for Jonathan Huberto. Warren Fogle has 12 even-strength goals for the Oilers. Clem Costin and Derek Ryan both have 11 even-strength goals. The two guys from Calgary are on their first line. The three guys from the Oilers are in Edmonton's bottom six and play under 13 minutes a game. So is that a byproduct of Jay Woodcroft getting the most out of his support players then? No, I, I think that's more of a byproduct of, you know, things. This is essentially what I'm saying is there's an issue in Calgary. Uh, Jonathan Hubro had, as near as I could tell, one of the top three greatest reductions in his production <laughs> from a player from one year to the next. Yeah. Okay, you're talking about you're talking about Bill Barber and guys like that in the seventies that had those times those types of reductions. That's not normal. Uh that's part of the GM's job is to assess 
what's going on there. That's part of the coach's job to assess, am I getting the most out of my team? I think Jay did an excellent job of getting the most out of his team. I think that Calgary would tell you that they feel like they could have gotten more out of players in their group. Um, That's what the guys that get paid big bucks are supposed to figure out. I'd imagine that's what they'll be working on. I don't think that Jonathan Huberto is all of a sudden a bad player. Um, You know, Matthew Kachuk obviously went on and really took his career to another level. Yep. So although it doesn't look good, you can't get too hung up on one year. It's too small a sample size. Matthew adjusted beautifully. You have to look at the player as well and say, well, he didn't give us what we need either. It's not all Daryl Sutter's fault, and I don't want to say that because personally that's not what I think. So Daryl should call me if he thinks that's what I'm saying. I'm not. (laughs) I'm just saying (laughs) – and he probably will, which I'd be fine with, just for the record. Because <laughs> it does happen sometimes when you come on this show. So, hey, Brian, great yes. stuff. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to uh, hooking up next week. Uh, and thank you for the time here in Oilers Now. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Bob. Yes, and uh, again, Brian Lawton's weekly appearances in the playoffs are brought to you by Wow Factor Desserts. It's 126. We're going to marry the breaks together, but not before I tell you that when we talk about Brent Ridge Ford and their President's Awards for customer satisfaction, their full transparency and customer care after the purchase, but there's another factor in their success, and like any great franchise, it's stability. Here are some legacy-level stats for you. They've had the same owner at Brent Ridge Ford since 87. Uh, They've got a guy like Johnny. He started with the company washing cars in 07, and now he's the assistant GM. I can tell you, both myself and Cam Moon, we know from personal experience, the whole Brent Ridge Ford staff committed to ensuring your customer experience is a positive one. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Still to come, the Oilers now prospect report, John Shannon for legacy heating and cooling and this day in Oilers history. But we will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn.